This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. My guest is Captain Andy Nazario. He retired in the Army Reserves, rank of captain, as well as in New Mexico, Albuquerque, on the Sheriff's Department, as the rank of captain. He also retired as an assistant professor of criminal justice at Eastern New Mexico University in 2017. Welcome back, Andy. Thank you for having me, Dr. Hanson. Good to hear your voice again. Well, thank you. Uh, we have uh, so many things that are happening. Uh, as I often say, each and every day is something new now. It, Bible prophecy is just literally daily coming to pass, and you could speak all day on what's happening. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what is going on, um, let's say, uh, socially, maybe social improvements and selling to the public what communism do. Uh, Andy, elaborate on that. That, that reminds me of uh, Genesis 3.1, and it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast. And I compare that to communism today. The word subtle from the Hebrew which is R1, has positive and negative uh, annotations to it. And one of the things that stands out to me in the, in the word subtle is as such a prudent individual takes no offense and an insult does not flaunt his knowledge, but takes thoughts of his ways, takes careful thought before action. And that's what the communists do. They're taking careful thought before what they do things. And what they're doing is selling ideas to the American people or to the people. And it doesn't matter whether it's in this country, uh, Germany, Russia, China. The idea is to say something that sounds good. So it takes a, a social need, term, uses terminology that's, a, that's a pleasing to the public's ear, and then they have to try to sell it to the people. And they do this in a subtle way. And that's why I brought up Genesis 3.1 with Satan being subtle. They, they're very subtle in the way they do things. It reminds me back with Social Security. Social Security was originally set up to help people, uh, elderly people. And most of the 
people that it was to help were the ones that are over 62. Now, the average age of death in that time period, early 1930s, was 62 years old. So it was actually designed uh, when it was written to help people who are not going to live long enough to receive it. Uh, it began in the 1930s Depression area as a social insurance pro plan, and they worded it as a social insurance plan. That should sound a little uh, familiar with the Obama insurance plans to help seniors whose poverty rate was over 50% to crisis a communist solution, how to sell to the people. It needed to identify a group of people that would draw compassion from the public. And uh, this is from uh, Wikipedia. It says Social Security Act was enacted August 14, 1935. The act was drafted during Franklin D. Roosevelt's first term as President's Committee on Economic Security under Francis Perkins and passed by Congress as part of a new deal. The act was an attempt to limit what were seen as dangers in the modern America life, including old age, poverty, unemployment, and the burdens of widows and fatherless children. Uh, by signing the act in 1914, or August 14, 1935, President Roosevelt became the first president to advocate federal assistance for the elderly. The acts provided benefits for retirees and the unemployed in a lump sum benefits at death. Now, we know very well that the Social Security Act keeps going on to this day and that people uh, are receiving Social Security. So it was an act that is a permanent act. And, and originally it wasn't, it was an insurance. It was like insurance. So it was above and beyond what you were, uh, your retirement was. And that's what it's supposed to be. And I tell, used to tell my students this at the university, Social Security is supplemental to your retirement. So I used to tell them to plan on their retirement, plan on, don't plan on living off of Social Security like so many people did in, in the 30s and 40s, that you need to look at Social Security as just a supplemental income. And that's what I, I look at it as. And that's what I use it as. Uh, it, it goes on to say, payments to current retirees are financed by the payroll tax on current workers' wages, half directly as a payroll tax, have paid for by the employer. And this is one way they sell things. They get get it to where it sounds like somebody else is paying for it to the to the public. It's not really the employee paying for it, but it's employer. But actually when you're talking about employers paying any kind of taxes, <clears throat> excuse me, then we're talking about the employees having to actually pay for it. With unions today, the union's primary purpose is to work on workers' conditions and payroll. And that's what they're supposed to be doing. But unions have become so communist in the way they do things. And whenever the unions are, are pushing for different uh, agendas, then it's actually the employers or the employees, I mean, that are having to pay for what they're pushing for. And when it goes on to say that the employer... Uh, Self-employed people are responsible for the entire payroll tax. The act gave, also gave money to the state. These are the bringing the states into it to help sell things to the states. And I'm going to read an article that I just found this morning later on from Canada that actually talks about how they package things to uh, tie in 
good and bad so they can get the bad passed. And they are responsible for the entire tax assistance to aged individuals for unemployment insurance. <laughs> so what they're trying to do is work on the unemployment part of it. Now, this Frances Perkins lady, uh, she was born in 1882 in Boston, Massachusetts, graduated from Mount Holyoke College in 1902 in Columbia University in 1910 with, to get this, a master's degree in sociology. So she was a sociologist. In 1910, she became head of the New York Consumers League, lobbying for better working hours and conditions. So she was in with this union for working hours and conditions. And that sounds good. That's, you know, working conditions for the, for the, uh, back in those days for employees was, was pretty, um, not, not secure, not safe. It was in the safe working environment. So in, in that idea, they brought safety into the, uh, workplace. It says as a secretary of labor, she played a key role writing the new deal legislation, including minimum wage laws. So you can see here how we're, we're tying in socialist ideas and that's government control. Uh, the actual written by other people for the presidents. And we saw this was Obama's health care act that someone else actually writes these acts that are going on. But as all government acts, it gives power to the, to the government, to the state, uh, by pro making promises, and thus the state becomes a god. All social acts must be paid for, and they, they must be paid for by the people who they serve, not the government. The government can't just give you free stuff. The government can only tax, they can borrow money, and they can print money. And the borrowing money is borrowing money from you. <laughs> so they not only tax you, but they borrow money from you. And whenever they talk, start talking about how the uh, government is going to go out of, you know, bankrupt or, or it's going to have to shut down because uh, they can't come to a budget agreement, the, the, the IRS doesn't stop collecting this money. The IRS goes back actually to the Civil War. And the IRS originated from the Commission of Internal Revenue, a federal office created in 1862 to assess the nation's first income tax to fund the American Civil War, the temporary measure, and it was supposed to be temporary, and this is another, whenever the government starts something, it's not temporary, it becomes permanent. So the temporary measure provided over a fifth of the union's war expenses before the bill was allowed to expire in 1913, and it was uh, become the 16th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution and ratified by Congress to impose tax on income and the Bureau of Internal Revenue was established in 1953. Now, this was supposed to be an agency to collect taxes. And that's what its primary purpose do was to raise revenue for the, for the federal government. The federal government is supposed to have money to raise the military, to secure our borders, and to help ensure interstate commerce. It's not to, uh, we, we'll get, we could get into the interstate highway systems and how that became a military uh, project, the interstate system, but it's for interstate travel, interstate commerce. And the, the federal government's only supposed to be there for uh, helping states deal with each other, interstate uh, conflicts or interstate issues that came up. 
Uh, since its establishment, the IRS has been responsible for collecting most of the revenue needed to fund the federal government, albeit while facing periodic controversy, which it does. And I, I will add to that that it also is being used by the uh, politicians for their own purposes. Uh, periodic controversy in opposing over opposition over its methods, uh, constitutionality, and the principle of taxation general. In recent years, the agency has struggled with budget cuts and reduced morale. As of 2018, <clears throat> it saw a 15% reduction of its workforce, including a de decline of more than 25% of the economy. Now, if you remember when Obama first became went into office, he was going to increase the Internal Revenue Service and start increasing uh, them collecting their taxes. That was one of his agendas that he wanted to do when he first started. <clears throat> and when politicians speak of government shutdowns, the IRS, it's, it's not going to shut down because they continue to collect taxes. You continue to pay taxes. Uh, often temporary fixes, plans become permanent. Uh, today, the IRS has great power over the people. It's being politicized against uh, conservative groups, Christian groups, <clears throat> against uh, political enemies to go after them. Uh, the, the due tax audits, for example, when we see the, the IRS being used to audit people's taxes or when they're trying to get uh, politicians are trying to get each other's uh, tax information so they can use it against them. <clears throat> it hopes that it will destroy the other person. So the weaponization, communists only need to sell a plan once to the public. And if accepted, then become, it becomes will become a permanent plan. The idea is to phase in a way, the, their plan in a way that the people will accept it. And politicians uh, often afraid to uh, offend other people or offend each other or sounding uh, heartless will often go along with these communist political ideas. And it takes taking a prayer from the schools, Ten Commandments. These kind of things have taken place through subtle ways that Satan, that the Communist Party has moved through our system. And it's trying to destroy our family values, destroy our social structure as we you know, once were, where we were religious, uh, practiced our religion, and weren't, weren't afraid to do so. And that we would have fathers raising their children. Now we're starting to get away from all that. And the government's pretty much taking that when it started taking the Ten Commandments out of the schools and prayer out of the schools and taking over the schools. And so this this subtle movement is through all aspects of our, our society, through our government. And it reminds me on, on page 165 of the Science of Judgment, if I could get into that just a second. And this is Dr. Hansen's book, uh, The Science of Judgment. And he, in page 165, you're talking about Herbert Schlossberg, and he writes in Idols for Destruction, the biblical explanation of the end of societies uses the concept of judgment. It depicts them as either having submitted to God or having rebelled against him. Far more being a typical nationalistic exaltation 
of a chosen people, the Old Testament portrays Israel as having become an evil nation, fully deserving the judgment that God meted to it. Its rebellion against God was accompanied by a turning to idols, and this idolatry brought the nation to its end. <clears throat> With their silver and gold, said the prophet Hosea, they made idols of their own destruction. Hosea 8.4 of the King James Version. Idolatry in its larger meaning is properly understood as any substitution of the created for the creator. People may worship nature, money, mankind, power, history, and our social and political systems instead of God who created them all. And that's what we're getting today. And it goes from our media where we have shows like uh, America's Most Idols, wherever they call them. I don't have any idea, but I know they're out there where they're actually making idols of the people uh, created instead of the creator. And well, Dr. Hansen, I think you were prophetic in saying that. Well, just to interject a little bit, you're talking about people becoming idols. Uh, we've made we've made sports athletes idols. Andy? Yes. We, and, have, uh, we have made the professional athlete an idol in America. Yes, we have. And I mean, I know so many these, people these, that can quote statistics, but they're not filled with the Holy Spirit, but they can quote statistics of every person on a team, whether it's football, baseball, basketball. I mean, sports athletes, professional athletes are many people's idol. Right. And whenever these idols, these, these athletes go against the, the social government uh, terminologies, then they quickly will turn on them. And that reminds me of, uh, I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. This is from Newsmax, December 28th. Aaron Rodgers, the star quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, described or decried the appeal to authority on the Matt McAfee show. Those who say scientific say science shouldn't be questioned equating that uh, fallacy to propaganda. So what he's saying is those who say that science, you can't question science, then that's propaganda. I think, he what, he, if, I think what he said is if science can't be questioned, it's not science anymore. It's propaganda. Exactly. And that's, that's how, <clears throat> excuse me, quick they can turn against the people who they idolize. And if they don't go along with their program, their agenda, then the idols will be will be destroyed by themselves. And uh, from LifeSite, it's on Monday, December thirteenth, the liberal government healthcare access proposal should be concerned to every pro-life and free speech loving Canadian. And this is talking about the uh, Bill C three is a minimal omnibus bill that combines the promise of 10 paid sick days for federal employees with a questionable ban on activities that interfere with health care access. It appeals to the liberals have uh, resurrected the old corrupt tactic of presenting two entirely different proposals together, one popular, one controversial, in order to scuttle the debate and get the passage of the other bill. So this is where, where they're at. They're deceiving they're being subtle they're making it to where 
the, the uh, people will fall for these things. And whether it's their idols or idol people that they worship, getting them to go along with it and publicize it, or if it's uh, the politicians themselves out, you know, putting out this propaganda. <clears throat> I don't know if you're. But they're, go ahead. But I was going to say, but the, the a lot of these people are turning against it. Yeah. And even some of the most popular ones on December 13th, actor Denzel Washington uh, does not mince words. This is from from uh, Faithwire. Denzel Washington does not mince words when it comes to his faith in God. And in the recent interview with the New York Times, Washington reiterated that he is a God-fearing man, while also warning people to not become too self-focused. This is spiritual warfare, he says. So I am not looking <clears throat> at it from an earthly perspective, he said in the interview. If you don't have a spiritual anchor, you'll be easily blown away by the wind <clears throat> and you'll be led to depression. Do you agree with that, Dr. Hansen? Well, yes. I mean, I think he went on to say, didn't communism is changing every aspect of our country and the world. Did he say that? Yeah, he was. It's uh, That's not his exact words, but that was his uh, connotation that he was talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Warning Radio program. Again, uh, a special guest, uh, Andy Nazario, 30 years in law enforcement and the Sheriff's Department, retired as a captain, also in the, in the uh, Army Reserves, retired as a captain. He... I tell you, is aware of what's going on. We are in a communist takeover. And uh, you need to listen now as my book, The Science of Judgment, describes what's going on. And then I will go into uh, eagle-saving nations. You need to be a part of it. Remember again, hope is knowing that God will always be the victor. God will always be the victor. On my World Ministries International with Dr. Jonathan Hansen Facebook, I believe in a God of miracles. Never give up. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, 
God holds people accountable. Man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom. This is Jonathan Hansen, and you need to be a part of Eagles Saving Nations. The vision? To wake up Christians to the reality of the situation that is taking place in the United States of America today, to expose the forces that are trying to replace the Republic of America under the morality of God, defining the Bible into tyranny, thus communism, to educate Christians in every nation to the goals and operations of the forces aligned and associated with the New World Order that are orchestrating one crisis after another not only in their nation, but throughout the world to move mankind into a world government as described in the book of Revelation. To have leaders, people in every walk of life in every nation join Eagle Saving Nations. To rise up and be a true ambassador of Jesus Christ, filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to have the power and authority to do spiritual battle to save their nation. To stop the tyranny that is taking place using COVID-19 as an excuse to ignore the Constitution of the United States of America and Bill of Rights, as well as other constitutions throughout the world. To stop the tyranny in other nations that is trying to take away a person's liberties and freedoms being controlled by people with evil motives and goals. To conduct conferences in nations where Eagles Saving Nation has membership. These conferences will be focused on training, strategy, exhortation, worship, preaching, and allowing the glory of God to manifest in these meetings with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost and others constantly overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We want them to leave the conference encouraged, refreshed, strengthened with the power and authority to accomplish confronting the evil forces trying to enslave God's people and their nation. Contact me at warning at worldministries.org. That's warning at worldministries.org. Or telephone 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. God bless you.